the Trilogy Podcast with Vin and Scott. Three movies, two men, one podcast. Oof, what a song. Holy Batmania. It's going to be your wedding song, isn't it? My wedding song? You and the bride one day will come. It might be incorporated into the uh, reception, perhaps. You're serious, aren't you? I'd really really have this be your... We may never know, though. Ladies and gentlemen, I think we've already revealed what we're going to be doing this week, but I am Vin. I am Scott. And we are the Trilogy Podcast. All right, we're the only Trilogy Podcast in the universe. Facts, trivia, debate, and more. To hell with that movie. If they made four. Yeah, to hell with them. To hell with it. We only do three, Scott. That's it. Only That's trilogies in Those this Those are universe. the only numbers we know. One, two, three. I don't know what happens after that. I don't know either. I don't care. I don't want to know. Thank you. And again, yes, we've revealed what we're doing this week, and it is, Scott, don't get excited. The Dark Knight Trilogy. Yeah, you're already excited. I am excited. I know. You're wearing a t-shirt that you came today. Yes, yes, with it's a, uh, a Batman t-shirt. Describe it to uh, us, Scott. Well, it's uh, your classic 90s Batman incarnation, a uh, black shirt with the yellow uh, for the symbol. Uh, it's got a cape mm-hmm. attached to the back of it, uh, and I purchased it at Six Flags Great Adventure probably 10, maybe 15 years. You say there's a cape on the back of it. There is a cape on the back of Dear it. Dear God. Yes. I wore this for you, Vin. Wow. In hopes of hurting you. You know what it is kind of hurting me. It's hurting my eyes. It's hurting my spirit, hurting my soul, hurting my opinion of mankind because many more people like this trilogy than don't like it. And I am one of the few, I think, that hated it. I think it's important to note that you did watch these all in a row. Right. First time ever seeing Had never seen any of them because typically I don't love superhero movies. But you know, before we go any further, Scott, I think it's important that we really break down for the audience the nuts and bolts of this film. Right, you Because we we can argue for hours and hours. Sure. We're going to argue and talk about, you know, why a person should or shouldn't admire this particular trilogy. But first, let's talk about the kind of trilogy it is. All right. And I think our old pal, Trilogy Bot, is going to tell us. Oh, of course he is. He's a sassy, sassy young robot. Oh, yeah. That I'm trying to mold in my own image. And it's really, it's going well. And that's a problem. The Dark Knight is an epic trilogy. These movies tell their story, reveal their arc, over the course of all three films. They're well-planned, and grand in scope, theme, and characters. Hey guys, I have a joke for you. It starts with you looking down at your dicks. So there you have it, okay? There it is. Epic trilogy. We've epic. we've cycled around again. We're back. We started with Back to the Future, which was an epic trilogy, and now after going through every category, we've come back to our original Full category. circle. We're going to try and do that as much as possible. We'll come off the general pattern for holidays, special events, when it, when it kind of matters. When with, it suits us. When I it helps think. with the pop cultural landscape. Sure. Right. Sure. But uh, we're back with with another epic trilogy, and at first I wasn't sure whether this is an epic trilogy. There are other superhero films, other superhero trilogies. Right. Okay. And, you know, Scott, maybe you can give us some reasons you think why 
this is different than a typical superhero trilogy? Why this would be an epic trilogy as opposed to an army of one trilogy? Well, I think you need to look at the scope of the, the whole project and the whole trilogy. There was always talks that they would like to do a three-act structure when they first made the first movie, so that to me says that this was planned. Well, they certainly mentioned the Joker at the end of the first one, so it alludes directly to what's going to happen right. in the next that film. That if we, if we get to make another one and we get to continue, that we're definitely going to do this. Mm-hmm. And and I would also suggest that it, it was a, it's a bigger film than a regular superhero movie. There were many years, you know, in, it was in the works for many years, a new Batman film. Yeah. After Batman and Robin sort of corrupted the world of Batman... It took a long time for anyone to have the bravery to mount a Batman movie again, I think. Yeah. Okay. And, and to um, do, you know, a, a kind of a new interpretation on it, too, and try to reinvigorate it. Exactly. Right and, you know, this is one director, and he sort of autored the idea through the course of three films. He wrote and directed all three movies right. through all three films. And I think that's an important uh, distinction to Without make, too, of the other superhero movies, because a lot of them, you know, Iron Man 1 and 2 is John Favreau, but the Something third one, different. Shane Black. So, right. it, like, in other movies... The way that Nolan uh, takes on the story of Batman right. makes it really very serious, very yes. dark. It's a different tone than the rest of the film's... That were about superheroes, I think. Right. And it's sort of a trilogy about Gotham, really. Okay. You know, the character of the city and the crime that's happening there and the people there. Because that's the inspiration for Batman, ultimately, is the city of Gotham. And right. And everything's always tied in. And in addition... They're I'm always lo- held hostage, the actual citizens. Great point. Definitely a character. Yeah, so... In addition, it doesn't, um, doesn't allude to any kind of a bigger universe. It doesn't seem like it's setting no. up... Something greater, setting up a bigger money grab. Right. This is what it's about. It's it's a concept over the course of three films. And, and it, it's worth saying, I think that means that we're not going to have a movie like this trilogy for a long time for, for any DC superheroes or any superheroes in general. Uh, Edgar Wright. Okay. Edgar Wright uh, was to direct Ant-Man and he wrote the script and was directing it and he dropped out halfway through because they were giving him too much like, you have to set this character up and we're going to put this scene in and we're going to... And he was like, I just want to make my movie. I like Ant-Man. I just wanted to make a movie about Ant-Man. Scott. Yeah. You're full of shit. Oh, yeah. So I feel like you're going to get less and less of that. Now, listen, there are a couple of drawbacks, though, Scott. Like, for example, there's some that would say that the second film doesn't really connect with the first and the third film, that it's its own story amidst all that. All right. And that while the third film has something to do with the second film, that there's a logical flow through the course of the three films, the second film is its own thing. So... You know, I would allow that that's a bit of a drawback. I also think that as much as the themes are dark and heavy and serious, the idea of a tortured superhero isn't anything that's especially different or new from other superhero films. But again, that's just my personal opinion. So I think we're going to stick with Epic Trilogy. I think you're a bit you're always going to see that, though. The, The struggling superhero or the angsty superhero, because it's I mean, it's a big decision. It's a big thing to do, you know. When they come out, does it hurt? Every time. Scott, how many other superhero films have won prizes? You know, have won, have been nominated for Academy Awards and have won them. Up until this point, I can't think of any off the top of my head. There's a degree of grandeur surrounding this film. There's There's an epic quality to the film, whether I like the movie or not, and I don't. I don't like it. I can still agree with you that it really fits the idea of an epic much more than it fits an army of one style film. Okay, which is, again, what the typical superhero film is going to fall into. Sure. All right, so that is where we are with regard to that, my friend. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you, though, need to break down the plots to us. Is it time? I think you might as well do the plots because this is where I start to get heated up. All right. What you just heard 
regarding me agreeing with you that this is an epic is the nicest you're going to get from me. Because once you start breaking into the plots for me, I feel the need to strangle. Not you, Scott, but j just strangle just someone. General, I yeah, know, stranger. That's my secret, Captain. I'm always angry. Well, uh, yeah, so I'm going to do these, uh, you know, kind of bare bones plots. plots here. Try not to use character names, anything like that. Just, just getting... You keep saying that now because you're slurring me because you, you think no, I, I think can't understand what you're doing every time. Like if, if you've never heard this before and you're listening to this for the first time, you're not going to know what's going on. So All I right, you're giving the plots. You always give the setup, but I feel like it's a... Yeah, but if you're a first-time listener. Okay, okay, okay. You know? You're, so anyways, I'm giving the plots. You get mad that I question you about this, and I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think it's important to note Fair that enough. they're going to be bare bones, trying to be as, uh, you know, just get to the plot is what I'm trying to get here. Do it. Uh, spoilers ahead, of course. Uh, but here we go. This is Batman Begins. 2005. A rich orphan, whose parents were murdered in front of him, goes to Asia to fight criminals. <laughs> goes Doesn't sound like Asia. a Batman movie at all, does well, it? You know, Asia. <laughs> it's, it's vague. I know. There he meets a mysterious man who invites him to join an ancient group of terrorists. <laughs> he trains with them, but when he decides not to stay, he has to fight his way out. The orphan returns home where he decides to use his training... <laughs> to dress like a bat to hide his identity and fight crime with the help of his family fortune. Naturally. Of course. What else would you do? Buy Nothing. votes? <laughs> Nothing else. Certainly not give to charity. No. Or help. He's very philanthropic. Sort of AIDS awareness. <laughs> Wasn't such a big problem in the... Literacy okay, okay. in third world. Just go ahead. Uh, there, he discovers a deranged psychiatrist using hallucinogenic gas on his patients. When he investigates further, he finds that the mysterious man who trained him has been using the deranged psychiatrist to unleash the gas on the city, plunging it into chaos. What? With the help of a good cop, the orphan is able to save most of the city from exposure to the gas, but knows this is only the beginning. Hmm. Yes. What a climax that was. Oh, yes. Very climactic. I was climaxing all over the place. For the monorail. I know you were. I love a monorail, too. Yes. Up, now as we get to The Dark Knight. 2008, Scott. The orphan city gets a new district attorney who is tough on crime. And with the help of the good cop and the orphan, they arrest the mob's accountant and they begin to shut down organized crime in the city. The mob, out of desperation, hires a man dressed as a clown to kill the orphan. <laughs> Naturally. Because they're just running around. There's just, just tons you of You know guys. how trusting the mafia usually is. You know what we need? A clown. You know we what? gotta get ourselves a good Find clown. a guy that always wears makeup. <laughs> and big shoes. You know how we how tolerant we all are of different people, <laughs> with different lifestyles, cultures. Order me a small car's worth of clowns, okay? <laughs> the clown... Kills a few top city officials, including the good cop, and announces he will kill someone every day until the bat reveals his secret identity. After a few days, the orphan decides to reveal his identity, when suddenly, the district attorney claims to be the bat, using himself as bait to catch the clown. Great plan. <laughs> they are able to trap the clown with the help of the good cop, who is not dead. Mm. The good cop then becomes commissioner 
and he and the orphan interrogate the clown, only to find... <laughs> Say the word interrogate again. Interrogate. Interrogate. They're interrogating. <laughs> he and the orphan interrogate the clown, only to find he has kidnapped the district attorney and his girlfriend, who the orphan is also in love with. Mm. They rush to save them, but the woman dies, and the DA is severely burnt, and he begins to extract revenge on the people who were responsible for his girlfriend's death. Meanwhile, the clown blows up all the bridges, forcing people to use the ferries to get off the island. The ferries turn out to be rigged with explosives, and each ferry is told to blow up the other to save themselves, or they both blow up. Ultimately, one of the main themes of this film is commuting and how it's a nightmare in yes. big cities. The people on the boats decide not to kill each other, and the orphan takes down the clown just in time. The clown reveals that the DA has taken the commissioner's family hostage, Ugh. blaming him for his girlfriend's death. It's never-ending. The orphan rushes to save them, and in the process, the DA falls to his death. Good. To protect the DA's legacy and ensure their work wasn't for naught, the orphan takes the blame for the DA's crime and goes into hiding. Is there a third movie? Of course there is. Yes. Why, we, uh, why else would we be here? I'm I should hope exhausted. so. All right. This is the last one. Yep. The Dark Knight Rises. 2012. It's been eight years since the DA was killed, and the city is crime-free, thanks to legislation named after the DA. <laughs> <laughs> the Orphan 2 has not dressed like a bat in eight years, until he hears rumors about the masked man a terrorist who has taken control of the group of terrorists the orphan trained with in the first one. <laughs> the orphan's company is in trouble after the terrorists steal his fingerprints with the help of a woman dressed like a cat and makes bad investments. The orphan gives control of his company to a businesswoman who invested in a clean energy reactor they built. God. With the help of Remember a young that? cop... Remember that, Scott? Remember the clean energy reactor yes. that they built in the sewers that's mentioned in the other two movies? That well, giant I mean, project eight, that's mentioned. Not the, to defend it because it's dumb, but uh, there were eight years that passed. It's ridiculous. The MacGuffin. So Suddenly, there's a, the, a nuclear reactor in the sewer. Yeah, and they're asking not, you to suspend a lot of disbelief for that. Okay. That's too much. Sorry. With the help of a young cop, the orphan begins to investigate, only to be double-crossed by the woman dressed like a cat. Mm. She brings him to the masked man who steals his equipment, breaks his back, and puts him in a pit on the other side of the world. The terrorists turn the reactor... It's <laughs> pretty good. Which is back to Asia, basically. But it is uh, like the other side yeah, of the world. Yeah, but it seems maybe Middle Eastern, It's just depicted too. as like a big hole outside of a unnamed I looked up city. where it is. I think it's actually India. Is that right? I think so. Like where they filmed it. Way to go, Scott. But I didn't want to be... Half our audience, as you know, is in the Mumbai area. I'm so sorry. Right, keep your... Just... Go on, go on. Just thought they'd like a mention. Damn it, you know? go on, okay, Scott. Okay, all right, here it's we go. This prison you're talking about. The terrorists turn the reactor into a nuclear time bomb that will detonate in five months, and the city falls into chaos. Mm. On the other side of the world, the orphan slowly builds himself back and escapes the pit with just enough time to stop the bomb. When he returns, it is revealed that the businesswoman is actually the daughter of the mysterious man who trained him in the first one. You don't say the woman we haven't cared about through the entire movie or right, thought who about. who was only introduced in this movie. No high stakes Who would have guessed that maybe that she was some sort of villain with something wow, up Wow, what a twist. A, str a different stranger was involved. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, and she informs him 
that the bomb cannot be stopped. <laughs> the orphan. The bomb can never be stopped. It can't be stopped. Except if they stop it. The orphan straps the bomb to his helicopter and is and detonates it over the water, killing the orphan and saving the city. Then we find out the orphan is just in Italy, and the young cop decides that maybe he'll dress like a bat. Well, you know. And there you have it. Those are your plot breakdowns. Oof, you couldn't even keep a straight face during the third one. Don't pretend Well, that's that, the fun know. of these, is when you take out any context of what you're seeing visually, it just sounds ridiculous. Whereas, uh, it's funny, the last one we did was Naked Gun, and when you took out the context of the it comedy, like just it a just seemed a very movie. straightforward that's, cop movie. That's, like, that's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. That's why I love these. These are great. Okay. Well, we're talking the Dark Knight trilogy, 2005, 2008, 2012. Yes, yes. Pretty recent. When you can yes, see the fact very. that the Naked Gun was 30 years ago. Right. All right. We like to mix it up here. We do. We do. We, we don't want to stagnate. Try and spread it out as much as possible. All right. So when we talk about Dark Knight, I think right off the bat, we've got to talk about, I think, the director. Well, first of all, it's a Warner Brothers film and yes. Warner Brothers controls all of DC. Scott, is that the deal? I believe so. I believe they still have a contract. with them. Scott, since we did put this in the epic category before we even mention the cast, I think it's important that we mention the director, Christopher Nolan, who was really the impetus behind, you know, what this film ultimately was about. How yeah. it's depicted, it's tone, it's feel, it's plot, it's everything. Yeah, you I mean, know this is really lot, his interpretation. And you know yeah. him a lot better than I do. So tell me something about him. So tell me something about his films, what you like about them. I don't really know him that well. Uh, yeah, I like him. Um, I feel like he started to fall off a little bit a few years ago, but um, he most recently just did Dunkirk, which is nominated for an Oscar. Okay. Nominated for Best Picture. I don't know if he's nominated for Best Director, but um, before this... So Dunkirk had, is about a... California slacker guy that lives with his parents. His name is Dunkirk and he lives in the basement. No, it's kind of like a you, me and Dupree type thing. No, no, that's not, that's not what no. it's about that. I mean, as, as opposite of that as possible. Wait a second. Do you mean the world war two film? Yes. Where they, oh. the flying planes, it's the story, apparently a very well-known story in England. Um, so that most recently, but of course he started out with memento, uh, insomnia, uh, I like he, Memento. It was confusing. I don't love films that make me that force that, that are confusing throughout the film and where I'm thinking. Right. I have to think and make decisions as I'm watching it. I feel like it's a little he, too much. But well, that's why to I do. enjoy him is because he tries to tell the story in like a really kind of interesting, convoluted way. Where if if you've never seen Memento, uh, Memento is all done with backwards scenes. Right leading you back to the beginning. And the character tattoos vital information about himself onto his body so that once his memory is rebooted, he knows where he is in the story, what's happened to him. Memory. Right. Yeah. Uh, So that one, the first time I saw that, I was blown away. I love that. Prestige is a great film by Nolan. Prestige is a great one. I really like Prestige That one was really, that that was one of his in-between Batman movies. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other one being Inception, which got nominated for Best Picture, which is crazy to me. You didn't like it. Um, I, I just didn't think it was a good film. I thought like it's a bad idea. It's a stupid idea of like people going into our dreams and dreams within dreams within dreams. And it's endlessly mockable. I hear you. And you got Interstellar. Interstellar. Yes. That's the one with Matthew McConaughey's famous famous shot when he's prying and he's looking because he's looking because he's in space and his daughter's growing up. They get older. I stay the same age. (laughs) <laughs> Scott, is he an English? He's an Englishman, right? Yes, he is. So that's why the film has a lot of English actors in it. It's sort yes. of his... And a lot of them have been in uh, other movies. That's Kelly his Murphy's comfort zone. has been in a bunch of his other movies. Um, 
uh, in Inception and Dunkirk. And so he's really one of the premier directors, you would say, within the last 15 years? I would think so. I think he's got to be at like Spielberg level at this point. Yeah, especially with, with these films. For these which, days? With, which, which were all widely praised. They yeah. all had great reviews. I, th- I want to say they were all above like 85% Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. They all made hundreds of millions of dollars each. All broke all kinds of records each when they opened up. The next one topping this record and that one. You know how records so quickly fall in Hollywood nowadays. But at the time, they were, you know, record-setting films. Right. Um, And the film is led by Christian Bale, reimagining the part of Batman, Mm. played in in the past by many different actors, right? Yes. Well, I mean, you've got uh, uh, Michael Keaton, Adam West, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. George Clooney. Um, Not to mention how many people have voiced him uh, over the years. That doesn't really count. Ben Affleck is now the current uh, Batman. I got to throw out Kevin Conroy, though, the one voice who's like known as the animated voice of Batman. Right. Christian Bale. He's been doing it for years. Christian well, Bale. Kind of broke in American Psycho. That was kind of the film that broke. Yeah, that out. was I think that's his big one. And it's uh, it's still good. I think another Englishman. Good. Yes. He kind of had like dual because he was actually one of the first movies he was in was in a Spielberg. It was the Sun Empire, the Sun. Yeah, he was a kid in that. Yeah, that's right. Um. So I think he's been in America for a while. Yeah, so he's like a kid he's actor. got a, he has an easy time, I think, switching on to English from America. Sometimes when he's interviewed, he goes he's an American accent and then he's got an English accent. I'm not convinced that this was a great choice of casting for Nolan. I don't think that Christian Bale necessarily did anything of note in these films. Yeah. Everyone at this point, I think, even realizes how crazy the voice becomes as the film goes on. The gruff Batman. Yeah. Batman voice. Oh, it gets gruffer and gruffer, too. Yeah. I can't even do it justice. <sighs> What's that one line that he does in mega gruff mode in the third one? Where are they? Yeah. I mean, he's so gruff, it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, he's also in the Terminator film, and originally I thought that that whole famous on-set fit that he throws right went along with Batman and not Terminator it actually is with the Terminator films yeah but I'm saying to myself this fucking guy's got a lot of nerve there is at no point in time in these Batman films that he would ever need to get anywhere as an actor to, to invoke any amazing yeah Stanislavskian technique to to find himself as an actor this is grunting some men just want to watch the world burn and he's another actor that was in all all three films Yes, playing, playing Alfred. Uh, Alfred. Big, big uh, canon character. Big time character. And yeah. I mean, Michael Caine Since the is beginning. A, is, I mean, he's a legend, a Hollywood legend. Right. He's essentially his, uh, you know, his stepfather. A six-time Academy Award nominee, a two-time Academy Award winner. Cider House Rules and Hannah and her. Cider House Rules! <laughs> I don't think it's meant to be said that way. <laughs> That's always what I think. Though. That's pretty good. The Shider House rules. <laughs> it rules, man. Come down to the Shider House. And Hannah and her sisters. Yes. It was his other. So, yeah, that's a Hollywood legend. Okay. Yeah. So he, again, Big that's name a... to get for this movie. And that's another thing that kind of gives this film an epic quality. You're right. You have Hollywood legends stepping into roles. Yeah. All right. You have Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, for God's sake. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get to him in a second. But yeah, Michael Caine. Um, I, I just want to mention he's first of all he's a trilogy superstar, meaning that we've seen him in other trilogies. We you know we covered him in um in the Austin, Austin Powers, Powers trilogy, trilogy. As, as so, Austin Powers' father. Yes, he is. So I'm your dad, Austin. I'm your dad, Batman. <laughs> it's, it's re- I'm was, everybody's dad. I'm not sure the parts are all that different, Scott. I hate <laughs> to tell you, 
One of your heroes, one of your super... Oh, he's much more swinging in the... Remember, he doesn't even want to put the suntan lotion on those hot uh, ballet dancers. Come on. Yeah, that's a really strange Austin's part. dad would be all over that. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I failed you. And we said uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman also appears in all three movies as who? Lucius Fox. Lucius Fox. Lucius Fox. He's not only a great inventor, but he's a great businessman because apparently the business continues to stay solvent without actually producing or making anything. Yes. Without really doing anything. And hemorrhaging money into a department that doesn't exist. Yeah, and he's, you know, Morgan Freeman, one of the best actors I think of all time. Um, he's gotten up there in age. You know, he doesn't act as much as he used to. Yeah, but he's always very good. But for a time, for me, he was like a top three actor. I mean, he is, you could count on quality with Morgan Freeman. Right. Now he's this sort of godlike creature that kind of appears in a movie. From the I mean, he's top. played God. He played yeah. God. He's but, played know, a president a couple of times. He'll too. cameo it now, right? As a as a as a big time authority figure, say some sage words of wisdom in right. the same way that Donald Sutherland does. See, you started out unfooled around with, and that's just the way you're going to stay. And we shouldn't leave out, of course, another trilogy superstar. That's Liam Neeson. Doesn't appear yes. in all threes in the first and third. Yes, but um, we've covered him already in Taken. Yes. And he's also in um, Star Wars Star Wars prequel. prequels, yes, as Qui-Gon Jinn. And of course, I knew from the, the moment that I saw Liam Neeson in this film, in his Fu Manchu mustache, talking about how Christian Bell could learn how to be a ninja, how much I was going to hate this film. All right, because naturally he looked rid- ridiculous. But he knows. I mean, he's an ass kicker. He looked ridiculous. This is a 65-year-old like man teaching karate in that same stiff quick edited way that he did karate and taken. Yeah. He's a bit more spry here. A little bit more, but let's not kid ourselves. This is an old man that's teaching karate to this man. Yes. To this superhero. Yes. Oh, I just want no problem with that. Okay. No, I don't care. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to mention, uh, we didn't uh, mention Gary Oldman. I'm I'm he's I'm gonna get to him. Scott. But you already went to Liam Neeson, who's I'm not just, in all. Of them. I'm skipping it around. Oh, okay, sorry. But you're right because I wanted to mention another trilogy superstar. Okay, okay, um, and then you're right, Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman playing Commissioner Gordon. Yes, and uh, you know I would say a lot of people consider Gary Oldman as one of the uh, most talented actors to have never won an Academy Award. Yeah, which is criminal. Yeah. He's uh, nominated this year again for. for um, Darkest Hours. Darkest Hours. The he's playing uh, Winston Churchill. All right, playing another. See, that's what's funny about this mo- as Commissioner Gordon. Like he's playing kind of just a guy, whereas in, like most of the other movies, he's like a chameleon, right? Like he disappears into the role well, a little you know, bit. I think, you know, this is another case with Christopher Nolan casting an English actor uh, as an American. Yeah. And they're all doing an American accent, and I think to some degree their performances suffer. I think they can't inflect. American in the same way they would inflect their words um, with their their natural English accent. So I feel like well, I in certain it, places Gary Oldman is is weirdly sort of stilted his speech and is 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 not as expressive as it could be. Right. And I didn't hate him. I like Gary Oldman. This is a this is a great actor. Yeah. This is a guy who's been in all the Harry Potters. He's been he's the villain in Air Force One. Yes. He uh, is in an audience members. If you want to laugh, go onto YouTube and look up. Tiptoes, a film that he played a midget in, starring Matthew McConaughey, one of your favorites, Scott. Oh, my God. It's about a guy who marries this girl and takes her home to meet his family. And they're all midgets. All of them. Including 
Gary Oldman, who plays the father, and the part is taken just, it's dead serious. The ego you have to have to even attempt to play a little person. Well, Martin Short. I mean, he played a child. That's and what? What was that? Clifford? Clifford. Yeah, that was, and that was, that was a terrible film. Yeah. Oh, my grandfather. Because every uncle. little kid talks this way, grandfather. I love that movie so much. There's something wrong with you. It's so ridiculous. It's terrible. Look at me like a human boy. Now, if you listen to our supplementary Dark Knight Trill bit, that's Trill bit number four, guys, um, we broke down our general disagreement, Scott and I's disagreement over Batman's efficacy and appeal as a superhero in general. Okay? Yes. Scott loves him. Natch. And I hate him. Natch. We are on opposite sides of this. So it's not surprising that our opinion for this film runs in the same direction. Scott, you feel sure. this is one of our our best trilogies on the entire list, don't I you? I do. It's definitely one of the best. All right. And for me, I would rather see any of the other trilogies we've watched so far again. That includes The Purge and The Santa Claus. Because at least The Santa Claus was only 90 oh, minutes Santa long. Santa Claus. And not like three hours long of constant brooding and talking. Now, that doesn't prevent me from having an open mind, Scott. I'll always go into a trilogy, a beloved trilogy, what we focus on here with an open mind. I feel like superhero movies, for me, a non-fan, admittedly, a non-fan of comics, someone who's never really read comics in general, mm -hmm. I can qualify this. I want to see superhero films with a lots of flying around and fighting and silliness, a whimsy to them, a lightness to them, because at the end of the day, it's really hard in my mind to reconcile real-world themes against guys in tights flying around. So mm. I just want to, I want to focus on the fun of it, and I know that for you and for most of the rest of the country, for God's sake, I'm the one that's in the minority here, wanted a more serious sort of reality-driven Batman. Would you say that's the case? Yeah. So I, I, that's where a lot of our disagreement is going to come from. So, so you're not. telling me from the start, these have always been a dark comic. This has always been a darker... He was darker when he first premiered as a character. Okay. But when he became his own thing to boost his popularity the same way they had done Superman... They tried to kind of nice him up a little bit and they would have Superman and Batman appear together a lot and, you know, try to boost comic sales, basically. OK. Um, but then as time went on and the sales kind of dipped, I mean, during the wars and shit, like they had no problem selling comics because people wanted to read about heroes and they right. were fighting like Nazis and shit. OK. Um, but later on. Um, comics really took a dip in like the eighties to nineties. Like the comic industry was like struggling. Right. And a lot of these like new people came out and did like graphic novels and one-off storylines of just imagining a different Batman or imagining a, a lot of different superheroes too. really got reinvigorated, reignited the interest then. Yes. In a way to sort of save the comic industry. And, and now it's crazy. I didn't know yeah. anyone growing up that was into comic books. I mean, listen, those original Batman, but at movies, the time they probably weren't because around the seventies, it was very low readership. Well, I mean, listen, I, even growing up in the 80s, like, granted, I wasn't around every kind of kid, every, so I'm sure there was plenty of people reading comics, mm -hmm. but when those Batmans, those first Batmans came out, it seemed like out of the blue, people went crazy. It's almost like after Superman and how bad the fourth Superman film was, people were like, give us another real superhero story. Right. And it's almost like that's the case a lot of the time with the trend, even now with heroes, that it's just with Batman. The, yeah. The third one, the fourth one really came along and it was like enough already that yeah. soured us to Batman until people said, give us another Batman right. 10 years later. Or well, it's kind of funny things. superhero movies as they were at the time in like the nineties and even into the early two thousands. I mean, it's going to be different now because of Marvel and DC and all this cinematic universe stuff, but uh, it, they really were almost like bond movies. 
where it's like you cast someone as the Batman or the Superman. They do a few movies until people get sick of it. Then a few years later, you reboot it with a new person as that ca- title character. Yeah. You know, like it's it's all just a know, way Scott. to continue because people like that character. People like serious... the character of Batman. People like the character of Bond, Superman, all those. They hang on to it. We live in a serious world with real, serious, real world themes. Why yeah. can't escapism be something? Why can't it but just it be is about escapism, escapism in the way that like. Really, Scott? I mean, you didn't grow up tormented. So how do you relate to the Batman character? You didn't grow up. Your parents weren't killed in that would you. be how it's escapism that I'm escaping to somebody else's story. No. What I'm saying is, I'm not living the. How, how do you, how do you and how does the general public? Are you insinuating you can't like Batman unless your parents were murdered? <laughs> yes, I am insinuating because <laughs> that. that's crazy. No, I'm saying that it's it's not escapism in the same way that a superhero is escapism. It's escapism Superman in a different flying way. Flying around is escapism because it's not a something that a human being can do. Batman escapism, yeah, it's escapism because it's a movie and it's somebody else's life. But it's not escapism as per what that word means in its essence because anyone can live that way. Anyone can do that thing. No, but not anyone can live that way. You, That's the thing people keep saying. Like, I know he's just a man who made a choice into this thing. But you do need the money. You need the skills. You need the knowledge. You need the know-how. Not anyone could do this. I couldn't turn around and go become Batman and be as successful as Batman is is portrayed okay, in the so, movie. so you can't relate to Batman then in any real way. No, I can relate that he's a human. So that's How do you relate you... to Superman? So, right, so I can't relate to him. That's why I want to see him fly around and shoot beams out of his eyes, man. And that's how you can... So how does that make sense? That you can't you can't relate to him because you I, can't fly. I, ref- I don't need to relate to him. He's okay, escapist. so I have to relate to it's him, escapism. but I also have to escape at the same time. No, you just have to escape. So I can't escape into a world where there's a man dressed as a bat going around punching going criminals and there are villains who exist named the Joker. Scott, and going to see a movie is always going to be escapism, but I'm saying it's yes, relatability then. True escapism comes from knowing that I can't be Superman or Rambo for any number of right, reasons. Right, and I can't be Batman. But there's always the small chance because he's just a guy. You kind of could. You in that t-shirt right now and with a cape, you're not so far from Batman. Come on. Let's get nuts. Except that he's got armor. What if someone ran in the room and shot me right now? It'd be over. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> I think we've beaten this up enough, haven't we? How about we go good thing, bad thing, good thing, bad thing? All okay. of my things will be bad. Okay. Most of mine will be good, but there are a few things. Batman Begins. So, Scott, the movie begins in Asia. Sort of an unknown location in Asia. Yes. Like a jail in Asia. Just punch an Asian. Criminals. Where only the toughest people are. When suddenly, but he never joined them because he was son of a gun. There's himself. Liam Neeson in Asia, yeah, recruiting him. Don't even know if that character's mortal, immortal. Well, I assume he's mortal. I assume everyone in these movies is mortal because that has that fits your creepy paradigm of this well, being most a of real the kind of a movie are that, in the comic books. So. I really feel like you want to be the next Batman. I don't. Game dress up as him i don't i just want to appreciate him from afar they're in asia but it looks like the set from the golden child that's what i saw yeah all right in the beginning you have those things that you spin when you you speak i said i i i i I, I want the knife the reds and the yellows those pedestals you step on so it basically took place the training in the golden child yeah that's some good training though is that really what you want to be thinking about during Batman, the Golden Child? Because that's, that's what I know I was thinking about, Scott. I didn't think of that, and I've seen the Golden Child many well, times. Well, I thought deeply. I was hoping Charles Dance would come I, around I the see what you're saying. Jumanji! A toast! My dear brother Noomsie. Go ahead. Uh, 
one thing I want to point out is at the beginning during the origin story, which uh, we know how you feel about that. Yeah. Um, when they're when they're going, they're coming out of the opera, but in the comic book, it's actually them coming out of seeing Zorro. Okay. Um, and that's sort of the explanation of why he dresses up and wears a cape is because Zorro did. He was a masked man with a cape. Right. Um, and uh, Christopher Nolan said that it was weird to put movies inside of movies and that it would take you out of it. So he changed it to the opera. Yeah, but Which then I always think is Deflator so, Mouse, but I don't think it is. I think it's something so else. It's so deliberate that the bats themselves are the reason that his parents die, that he has a flashback of the bats in because the Because well. he was afraid. That's the reason. He literally, his dying words to his son is, don't be afraid, Bruce. That's why they leave the opera. And it's so a little heavy-handed, but... You know. So the bats are the reason they died. Why would he then take on the persona of a bat? A bat should be his enemy. Because it's him facing his fear. That's the whole idea. That's what he says. Bats oh. frighten me. It's time for my enemies to know my dream. Oh, God, life's so deep. Oh, wow. It couldn't just be that his That's enemy the was thing. a bat. He's afraid of bats. I'd rather he kill a bat. He's afraid of bats. If a bat is the reason my parents die, I don't join the bat. I killed the bat. Do you understand that? The bat didn't kill his parents. It was the criminal who no, pulled the trigger. The bat is the reason, though, that he had the flashback. No, the, yes, the bat is the reason, but yeah. the reason they left was because he was afraid of the bat. It's his right. weakness. Ultimately, it was the bat, fear. though, that is what triggered that. The bat is the enemy here. No. You see what I've just come up with? You can't that's wrong, deal. though. You you're reading you're it. reading it wrong. Uh, okay? I don't think so. Because that's that's him being afraid of the bat Can is what kills his about... parents. It's fear. Fear Scott. is the whole theme of the first movie okay. and partially the second Jesus. movie. Can we talk about the alley? They say alley? fear about 100,000 Can we talk times? about the alley that was the most vile, foul, disgusting alley in the city of Gotham? You mean... Crime Alley, oh God. as it's known, <laughs> right outside a beautiful. Yeah, let's take a little walk down Crime Alley. Right outside that the beautiful like opera house, the quickest, easiest exit yeah. exits out into the most disgusting alley imaginable. Well, those are the exits you're not really supposed to go out of, right? Are those buildings? Those are little side. I don't know, Scott. Emergency exit. Ma- I've worked in many theaters, and any place where there's kind of an exit usually isn't befouled with filth and <laughs> decadent, opulent creditude. <laughs> Gratitude. I don't like to use that kind I of I don't word. like your gratitude. I don't like your attitude, boy. I like when the, he's telling uh, he's telling Liam Neeson the story of, like, how he got there. And, like, you know, it, we kind of flash back to him, like, coming home after college, being like, I hate this whole place. And everything <laughs> like, I just love that it's we're flashing back to, remember when Bruce Wayne was a dick? <laughs> and then, like, right after, he, like, she slaps him and he leaves and goes there. And now you're like, oh, now you're all different. Like, now know. you're like... I'm going to do this and this is what's important. But like before that's crazy, like, Scott, the guy can't find any joy. People tear have this lost place their brick parents by before. brick. Like what? <laughs> say that again. He's like, I'm going to tear this place down brick by brick. Like <laughs> all, all right, this man. shit. You're like kind of an asshole, but like everyone like universally in the movie too is like, Bruce Wayne's an asshole. It's, got, right? it's so like, funny because even though we're on opposite sides of the spectrum here, our comments are sort of, Melody, because I'm to a place where I'm like, here comes Bruce Wayne brooding again. <laughs> so as you're like kind of making that connection, I'm like, oh, God, this guy's got another damn problem. Yeah. Doesn't it seem like he suffers through all three movies, whereas the Michael Keaton inspired Batman do not suffer through all three movies? Well, so- suffer in the way that you can't get close, right? So he gets close to Kim Basinger and then Kim Basinger becomes a target. Does Val Kilmer suffer? Val Kilmer is him in... Um- Nicole Kidman. Okay, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, and she, like, at the end, there's the whole thing of, like, you have a choice, save her, save the boy Wonder, and he has to go after one of them. That's right, okay. So, like, there, there is a, and that's a big connection with, like, all superhero movies that, like, don't get too close because my enemies 
That's a whole theme Ugh. in the Spider-Man movies too. Is that right? He's like he can't get close to Mary Jane, even though he wants. You're not to. going to be this aroused when we talk about the oh, Spider-Man. I'll enjoy movies, it, but I won't. I won't be as defensive. I don't. think. Okay. Uh, Katie Holmes. Oh my God, is brutal. She's terrible. Just god awful. Nipples hard through the whole movie. And the nipples. Practically every scene. Every scene. I don't. I don't. Is that her calling? Card I don't know. Does she not wear a bra? Like, but I feel that, like she did. That or did they ask movie. her not to? You know, when did everyone become so obsessed with sex? Scott, to me, I wrote this down. I know you disagree, but to me, there are too many uninteresting explanations of everything. We got a deep explanation of every aspect of the Batman world, and none of it was particularly enthralling. For example, the bats, the vigilanteism because of the backstory, each part of the suit, the car, all of his skills. I know this goes back to my whole, why can't he just be Batman? It, I mean, the one thing I will say about that is is it doesn't really make it... He didn't go out and go, I designed this thing and now I'm going to build it. It's it, uh, it's an opposite of like Iron Man, right? So he's a rich guy who's got all the money in the world and he built that suit, but he built it himself and he designed it and put it... This just kind of seems like he fell into it. Like he went there and was like, oh, there's a bodysuit? That's perfect. That's just what I need. Like, yeah. And that was a real letdown for me. We find out that the Batman only thing he really does make is his make own stuff. Bat stuff. You know? He doesn't even make his own he stuff. He grinds like the bat orangs yeah. and okay. he designs grinds. the little thing that they order that they don't even make. Who cares? Morgan Freeman can just design things at will. Oh, you need something more developed? Here. Yeah. But just give it to him the first time. Give him the right thing. The first time, don't make him come back three different times for a new yeah. thing. Just make the best thing. But they didn't have the money. They they ran out of money in the R and D. Batman's like, I've got to be able to move my neck when I fight. Can you can you make me able to move my neck when I fight? I actually don't like, like it after they changed the. I thought it looked better with the cowl personally. I thought Stop Batman saying cowl. Was that in the chill bit that you said cowl or or this? It was the chill bit. You say cowl like people know it's what that means. Yes, they do. I can't tell you if I've ever used the word cowl. His cowl, cowl. it's his mask and his shoulder piece I don't even really know. His cape. I feel like I don't even know what a cowl really... I've never used that I word. God, really. I just explained it. It's the I, I, know what you, I know what you explained it, but you're using it in such an off-the-cuff manner. It's just funny to me. All right. I like the Batman sign. I thought it was kind of neat how initially the Batman sign was just a, a bad guy strewn across the skylight. Yeah, when he puts Falcone up there. Yeah, yeah that was pretty cool. Yeah. I'll give you that. That was pretty I neat. Like I just, that. you know what? For some reason, there's something there about you go. There's something. He says something nice about it. Yeah, I lo- listen. There's little moments. Not some crazy person. <laughs> sure. There's certain little... But again, see, that's a Batman touch that I like, Scott, that I didn't feel there were enough of in this movie. That was kind of a neat little bat touch. Yeah. Bat signal. The bad touch? There's something... A- no, Scott, not a bad touch. There's something wrong with you. That's just what I heard. Yeah, well... You got the touch. You got the power. Uh, I always think it's interesting to see in like an establishing movie or a first movie. You always have to see them kind of fuck up a little bit in the beginning before they like bounce back and like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this, you know. Because there's the part where I think he's running from Gordon and he jumps and he like slams into the fire escape and falls down the building. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't be... The, even if you're the best of the best, you're still not going to be that good at that. Remember, you're talking about superheroes that don't have powers. Yeah. So I can think of maybe Iron Man when he's getting control of that suit or whatever, and he's kind of screwing up with it. Yeah. Because Iron Man ultimately has, he's a mortal guy. Right. Same kind of a deal, right? Sure. So, but sure. you never really hear about superheroes that have powers. They sort of innately know what to do with those powers. You know, your, your love of non-powered heroes. Well, that's what I like is you got to, even, I mean, Spider-Man has trouble. 
He has like a scene like that where he slams into the wall in the first trilogy when he's first learning to use his webs and stuff. Okay. All right. So you got to have like a little All bit right. of, you know, there's, there's going to be a there's going to be a curve, a learning curve there. You know what I mean? The line that is in both the initial Batman films and in this trilogy where he appears to a bad guy. Yeah. And the bad guy says, who are you? And he gives the old, I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I, I don't get it. Okay. It's cool, but is that really the thing that a person would say upon being attacked by a guy dressed in a giant bat yeah. costume? I think their right. first reaction would not be to ask what the person's name was, but rather, what, what? God, what's going on? Get off me! What, yeah. what are you doing? Well, it makes more sense in the, the Jack Nicholson Batman. Why do you? Because he he's like, what the hell are you? Like, Or he says, what are you? Or something. What are you seems to make more sense than who are you? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't be like, who are you? you wouldn't You'd be say, like, you what are you? you forget <laughs> about it. If a guy is attacking you, you would say, what's going on? Or yeah. stop it. You wouldn't say, what are you? <laughs> That'd be great. What's going on? I'm Batman. Oh, oh, did you not say? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Usually people ask I'm, me who I am. I'm attacking you because... Here, here it comes. Ask me who I am. Ask me who I am. Okay, right. <laughs> I'll do it Just again. do it again. What are you? I'm going to kill you. This movie, he's called the Batman, yeah, and that's different because Batman implies that. But that's he's also his referred nickname. to Bat- as Batman as well. Maybe, but I feel can, like they kind of use it. If I feel like there's there's a definite difference though. If you're Batman, that means that's your nickname for doing stuff. I'm Batman. Right. If you're the Batman, other people are calling you that. You're not calling yourself the Batman. Right. That's something other people are calling you. Right. So I think that that fits in better with your whole dark vision. It's not him as a hero. I'm Batman here to save the day. It's people like, holy shit, the Batman is weirdly helping us. There's a man who's going to come from the sky and right. That little little change says a lot for the sake of the movie. It just Uh, there's a there's a scene where Flass, who's the bad cop, who uh, actually was also in Memento as the guy who rents him the hotel room. Okay. Um, so worked with Christopher Nolan before. So he's going. It's like pouring rain. And he's about to be interrogated by Batman that he's going to yo-yo him up and down the building, which is a great scene. Um, but right before that, he buys like some street food, like a pita, like a gyro or something. And he's like <laughs> mashing it in his mouth while soaking wet. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, that's, that's so a good, good idea. Just grab some street food in this fucking downpour. I noticed that too. You would never buy that kind of street food and eat it uncovered in the rain. It would ruin no. the food immediately. Oh my God. Like, it must have been terrible. But that scene is so great. The the interrogation scene. Like the, I swear to God, swear to me. Like all yeah. that shit. I think Scarecrow's a dumb villain. But he's the bluff villain. He's the bluff villain. The real villain winds up right. being, spoiler alert, Mr. Raz Al Ghul is introduced as Henry Ducard early on, but uh, it's actually... The Mr. most Mr. frightening Raz thing about Elliot Gould is the part that he played in... Elliot Gould? Yeah. The, what'd you say his, the villain's name was? The, Raz Al Ghul. Raz Al Ghul. I'm sorry. I got the name wrong. Raz Al Ghul. You're out of your goddamn minds. Are you listening to me? You're both of you nuts. Razel Gould. He he winds up being the bad guy. The real bad guy. And yes. in a terrifying moment of thwarting the bad guy and saving the city, his monorail crashes and we don't even really see him die. Hmm. Well, How he, exciting he that was. He didn't kill him. But he didn't have to save him. He did. Well, yeah. That's that. You know what? Parsing. That morality is such a dumb thing about Batman that I know you love so much. That's it's definitely it's, dancing a line there. Uh, it's definitely dancing. What a line. nonsense! Uh, so th- there's a couple of, uh, as much as I like this movie, there's a couple of bad lines in this movie. Every line. Um, 
I, I only had a couple. Okay, uh, sorry. Number one, worst slide in the movie, it's Commissioner Gordon. I gotta get me one of those. Do you not like that? About the Batmobile? Yes, when he sees the, the Tumblr going by. Uh, boy, your love of this fucking Batmobile, you give, you give it its own name, the Tumblr. Because it's not quite the Batmobile, is People it? People love the Batmobile because it's sleek and cool. This is a dune buggy. It looks terrible. It's not a dune no buggy. No one wants it's that. It's a tank. Ugh. It doesn't have treads. If it doesn't have treads, it's a, it's tank, not a with, tank with like real wheels. It's not a tank then. A tank it's has treads. It's a tank treads. car. All right. Uh, in the party scene, when uh, Bruce tells them all to go home, because Raz al Ghul has shown up and he's acting like a dick and tells everyone, get out, you're all phonies. As they're walking away, there's a guy who very quietly, I've never heard this before, but I had the subtitles on and it came up, just turns to someone and goes, he's turning into a real jerk. <laughs> and it was very quiet, but obviously the guy captioning thought it was worth it to yeah. caption it because he was like, that's great. There's just one guy. He's turning into a real, just it's some like, extra going it'll by. Be like, it'll be like the producer's nephew. I don't care whose nephew you are, who you know, whose dick you're sucking on, you're going out. Is the Joker using a playing card as his business card? Because no information know. on that. There's no email address. There's no... Name, it could be any Joker. Could be. Could be any Joker. Any real. But I had high hopes because we were going into The Dark Knight, Scott. Yes. And it won awards. It's considered by many to be one of the best superhero movies of all time. All right. You have the quintessential pop cultural icon in The Joker, played by Heath Ledger. And I really had high hopes. And then I watched it. So the Dark Knight. Dark Knight. Yeah. Is, um, it's one of my favorite movies. Of all time. In general. Just generally. Forget. Generally. Not trilogy not aside. Not superhero, not Batman, not trilogy. Dark Knight is one of my You'd favorite You'd put movies. Dark Knight into your top ten movies of all time. Yes. Whew. That is a bold thing to say. I like it. I like it a lot. In it, we've got um, a couple of recasts. The character of Rachel is recast as Maggie Gyllenhaal. Maggie Gyllenhaal now is playing that part. She she's weird looking, always a uh, little bit. She's got like an old young face at the same time. Yeah, the space sort between of. her nose and upper lip is weirdly elongated like, and Hoovian. What'd you say? Hoovian. It is Hoovian in a way. She you looks know? like a who. She looks like one of those damned who's. Yeah. So she's a little She'd strange. Right in. A little Cindy Lou Who there. Eric Roberts, always great. Great to see him in this movie. I'm Very not going to lie yeah. to you. I love him. Yeah, good I addition. like him more than his sister. Yeah, I don't particularly care for Julia Roberts, so. But he plays big. The one thing is they're not afraid. This Nolan guy's not afraid to cast actors that are naturally big actors. So Oldman is a big actor. Eric Roberts is yeah. a big actor. These guys yeah. don't know how to do very much more than emote yeah. in a large No matter way. what, they're going to be, they're big characters. They're yeah. comic book characters. They're going to be splashy. Uh, it's very Michael Mannish right at the beginning of this movie. You know, we get the this heist. bank heisty kind of uh, thing, uh, which is our introduction to the Joker. Yeah. Uh, we also got William Fickner doing a little cameo there as uh, the guy who's trying to stop them from rob the bank. Seen him. You and your friends are dead. Yep. You know who you're stealing from? That was actually released um, at the time, was released as like a prologue. To the movie, like as like a sneak peek. Is that right? Like in some small capacity, they released it. It doesn't surprise me. I mean, the movie is. They did the same for Dark Knight Rises, too. Oh. Their opening was the same. Like a cold open that doesn't necessarily. Sure. So it's just kind of a taste, I guess. Sure. You know, 
Anywho. No, but the hype on um, on the Joker was so great going into it. I would imagine I, I would experience it differently had I seen it in the movies and without yeah. all the hype and without the nomination. And so I went in expecting a great performance and I really got one. The first couple of scenes that he does are really very they're magnetic. You're watching him. He's doing yeah. something different with his voice. He's got a great way of manipulating his face and clucking his mouth and his his scar and his tongue and it it all flows. He's making good choices yeah, as an actor. There's a full character there. Yeah, no question about it. Now, I don't know if he needed to starve himself and sleep deprivation and Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That whole yeah, it seems tale. to have helped. I believe whatever doesn't kill you simply makes you stranger. In this movie, he tells a couple of different right. versions of how he got his scars because there are different versions of trying to explain his background that came later on. But Scott, I really want to give no I want to give Heath Ledger more hype before I started to criticize him, but I think that was a failing in the movie that those scars are explained a different way. Because that first scene when he tells a story about his parents and the why so serious that famous line, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is awesome. Let's put a smile on that face. It is a powerhouse scene that yeah. I think is only cheapened when a different story is told and we're like, oh, we get it. He's crazy. And so he just tells everyone a different story to be dramatic. I don't know. I like it. I like it because you're like, oh, so that was all nonsense. That was all like that could have been a lie. That scene where he says, why so serious to um, Michael J. White? Yeah, he has that awesome scene and then he kills him. And it's very it's sh- shot in a really strange way where he's got that thing inside yes. of his mouth. Yeah. And we don't really any the guy just falls over just dead as if he was shot in the head. He was instantly killed. Right. And what it looks like is he just slashed his mouth or his neck or something. Which wouldn't kill him. Wouldn't kill him. And I just feel like, listen, if you're going to design an awesome scene, really put a cap on it in a strong way. I felt like it was PG-13'd up a little too much there. Yeah. I'm Mike Engel for Gotham Tonight. What does it take to make you people want to join in? Anthony Michael Hall. Yeah. Good to see you. Anthony Michael Hall. Welcome to Gotham. He's all like a man now and... Weird. Mask. He's like fifties, macho. He's built. He's not the same kid that the Dead Zone, right? For a long time, that TV show. Yeah, that's what kind of brought him back a little bit. Yeah, and he was kind of a tough guy on that show. Yeah, he's totally changed his image. He's no longer the nerd that we loved so much in the Breakfast Club. Bring back the nerd. Weird science. Nerd action. I don't know if adults can be nerds in the same way. It's not like Urkel can just be Urkel as a grown up. (laughs) But he could be Stefan Urkel. He was very smooth. So set. Scott, see, that's that's your problem, Scott. You like the Urkels. You don't like the Urkels. What does that mean? I don't know. Let's move on. What? That's ridiculous. A bunch of baloney. Baloney. The courtroom scene early on where that guy tries to assassinate Harvey Dent right. is a bit of a tip of the hat to his original origin, which is he gets splashed with acid by someone on the stand. So you didn't have a problem with that change in the movie that in this movie his face was just burnt from the flash explosion? Yeah, I don't really care how it happens. Okay. I, I like to think that you're using the characters as tools for your own plot. He has to have two faces and he has to have the coin. That's pretty so much all he needs. you just kind of think that that origin story would But I'm would saying as well. they gave us a little bit of that to, to give... I, I, you look, I, when I first watched the movie, I was disappointed that he dies at the end of the movie. Right. Spoilers. Um, because I really think you could have continued and been like, by the third movie, you could have been at Scarecrow, Two-Face. You could have had all these characters in the background for a, a major showdown in the third movie. But 
Well, you just kind of mentioned the thing that really started to get to me. Much as I started to, you know, I liked the beginning with the Joker and the the bank heist. Good stuff. But as the movie wore wore on further and further, it's kind of just what you said. To me, it became a matter of two films. It became a story of Two-Face versus the mafia and that whole tale. And then Joker versus everyone in Gotham. Just for the sake of being an agent of chaos to some right. degree, and that whole story, right. and that's that's the problem. That's that's the movie was two movies in one. It was it became endlessly long for that reason, and the two stories didn't have to be interrelated in that way. Right, Scott. I, why I, do I you see what you're su- saying? But I, I like how they use his ultimate plot. You know, the Joker's ultimate plot is to turn Harvey Dent, who is a symbol of hope for the city, and he wants to take their hope away. Okay, but you're inserting a character that doesn't need to be there. He could just I be agree. going after Batman, who's a symbol of justice, and taking that away. What? Right. Easy. What You're adding a character... Uh, but I like the, the, the Roman, the triumvirate feeling of it, the, where it's, it's like always, the three of us, the us three. Super, we... Scott, these superhero movies constantly with too many villains. That is why the first set of Batmans suffered, because... By the time Returns got, is good, and it's got Catwoman and Penguin. Let's not get crazy. It's it's not it's better than these, but it's not good. It's better than the next two. Of course it is, but the next two are also killed because of too many characters and too many villains. I think you can do more characters. You just need to put them together seamlessly, and that's why I was again. That's why I'm fine with them retooling his story that he gets burnt. On I the just face. don't see too much of a difference, Scott, between how the two characters are interrelated in this trilogy versus how the two characters are related in the Riddler and. Two Face, they're helping each other to take over the city. It's the same idea, right? But you, but you understand. Then Two Face kind of goes off on his own. He's not working with the Joker at any point. They just make they Two-Face, don't work together. But they just make Two. But in all the other movies, I'm saying it's these two unlikely characters who decide they're going to make this bond together they and just, take down the bad. But they advance Two Face earlier. Is what I'm saying. In the earlier movies, he's a villain pretty much right from the beginning. So he's working sure. with Riddler to take down the city. In this one, there's. He's doing more. There's more depth to that story. And as a result, I think it deserves its own movie. I think it can yeah. exist without the Joker. That's just me. I think I would enjoy this movie much I'm, I'm more. I'm actually afraid Aaron Eckhart wouldn't be interesting enough for more movie. I don't know. I liked him in Thank I think you he's for fine, but I think his two face, I feel like I would have tired of him. You know I don't know. Mean? They make his face. His two face looks like the face of um, the guy from uh, Breaking Bad when his, he gets. Oh, yeah. When Gus. he blows up. Yeah. Really? It's the same face. It's like you can see part of his skull. It's the yeah. same kind of a deal. By the way. That's never going to heal if you don't stop picking. In that courtroom scene, though, there is a funny line that just I think is ridiculous. Uh, well, he says, you know, were you afraid that you're going to have to do this without me? And she says, Harvey, I know these briefs backwards. <laughs> and I'm like, and what? Yeah. And forwards and forwards is the end of the thing. finish that. Line. But it just like it seems like such an odd thing for her to say so confidently. You know, like, could it be finish because the statement? Could it be because an Englishman was writing for an American voice be. and it trying to use an American idiom? Oh, no, these breeze backwards. Yeah. He's like, using that sounds American, to make, it seems to make more sense. He's using way. one of our idioms sort of incorrectly in an attempt to write for a voice. It's exactly what it, it is. could be. Right. That might be exactly what it is. <laughs> uh, a line that I love from the movie, it's from that Joker scene with uh, all the mob bosses and everything. And they say, uh, you know, if, if, if that's the answer, you're probably, you know, why didn't you kill the bat already? And he has the line, uh, if you're good at something, never do it for free. And I feel like that's a line that's like stuck with me, too, where I'm okay. like, I, even as as an actor or as, you know, doing any of these things um, in this kind of world, you know, I feel like you think of that a lot 
where it's like, I want to do this project, but I, you know, is it worth it to me to not make money on something? You know what I mean? Like, I guess so. Everything burns. This is very much the Joker's movie. Christian Bale doesn't equal the Joker in terms of intensity in this movie. Nothing. And he's not Batman as often, which I think is an important point. He's to make. so not Batman. Yeah, because I think especially that like we were talking about this, I guess, in the trail, but a little bit. But um, especially in this, when Batman is portrayed as the all black, dark looking Batman, he yeah. cannot operate during the day. It's just he'd be much more easy. He'd be much easier to see. It goes against the entire point. Right. So anytime Joker attacks during the day in this movie, we see Bruce Wayne kind of going out in the Lamborghini and trying to help. And so we kind of actually get strangely more Christian Bale, less like we get to see more of his face, but it still feels like less of his movie. They could have called this movie Bruce if it wouldn't have sounded so, so Brucey. That's when Bruce was kind of more of a common name. People had the name Bruce. Yeah. No one has the name Bruce anymore. No. Um, Bruce Willis. That's the only one I can think of. Yeah, right off the Bruce Valanche. Um, and there you have it. <laughs> and there you have it. And that's the try. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of my biggest problems with this movie is Nicky Cat. Nicky Cat plays the guy driving the van that right. has Harvey Dent in the back during the big chase sequence. Mm-hmm. And they literally just went through every action movie and found all the worst like punny fucking things you could say in that situation and went just read them all off and we'll pick and choose whatever the shittiest one is and we'll put it in the movie you don't like nikki cat meow scott let's talk for a second about the fact that that scene ends that whole chase scene ends because ultimately batman is thwarted by his reluctance to run over the Joker yes. with the bat cycle. And that that's, is that is ridiculous. That's that's their the whole nature of their relationship is that he won't kill him. He won't do what is necessary. But, but Scott, at his own peril, at the risk of being killed himself, that's not a hero. That's stupidity. No hero He's risks their showing own the lo- example. What? He's trying to provide the example. He can't break. He can't. If you're killed yourself, you, have to you can't be much of a hero. If you're going to lose the battle because you're too afraid to kill a guy who is one second from killing you, then that's not heroism. And from he an also emo- knew Gordon was in that, that truck. Though. From an emotional standpoint, that a, such a cool action scene with that awesome flipping vehicle yeah. would end with such a whimper. Because he crashes the motorcycle instead of running over the Joker in the middle of the street. I don't know. It just fell flat for me. Just did. What do you want? You want him cut into two pieces? (laughs) By the motorcycle? I want Joker to step aside to do some karate chop to Batman. He flies off the motorcycle. Anything that is just the Joker Joker doing something. But the Joker needs to do something active. That's passive what he did. But Joker did nothing. Never been a fighter. He's not. He doesn't. He can still do something active. He blew up a hospital. Active. Yeah. I'm watching something passive. I like the scene. Uh, the interrogation scene, of course, is like a big scene. Famous. In the movie. Academy Award scene. Uh, and, but directly after that, when he's in the prison cell with the other cop, and he has the whole, the whole thing, he was like, uh, how many of my, how many of your friends did I kill? And he's going through the whole thing. And he was like, is it flaming the cop on purpose when he was a knife? Like, like all the little, and like, I knew your friends better than you ever did. That is the most intense Joker gets of like toying with him. Right. 
continuously like and it's such a again a small quick scene where you're like there's so much in that I'm one I'm not going to lie scene. to you. I like what the what the Joker does there and the acting that went along with that, but I felt like that that actor who I've seen in a bunch of different things kind of cops out a little too quick, kind of a little too cops pre- out. <laughs> like it's too predictable in his reaction. Like, oh, you're the the hot-headed cop that is going to yeah. Be so easily provoked into violence. Yeah, I'm not going to beat you up. I'm a 20-year man. Okay, I'm going to beat you up. Exactly. So I feel <laughs> like maybe the cop should have, I don't know. I, Known me. that he was trying to goad him into. And we never see. You he, said it, he, Scott. He's You're got the, the piece of glass to his neck. And they never really show you where he gets that piece of glass. But my theory is it's from that mirror. It's where he got his head smashed into. Don't you see how all these flaws make this an awful movie aren't you now agreeing with me say it say i no, agree with you now I these flaws do not ruin agree the- with you all right i disagree this is where we find i was out. actually making an example of why it's a good movie because they showed he broke the glass with his face earlier when batman smashed his head into it and he's sitting directly underneath where the window is smashed and then he comes out with a piece of glass and they're not hitting you over the head going look he picked up the piece of glass I you just i missed it entirely until you just said that now but did you even question where he got the glass in the first place? No, I just no, thought he was exactly because it it's. A, I just hoped because I was watching a superhero film, but I could just things happen. But I, I imagine that's a decision he made of like we don't even need to show that because nobody's going to care at that point. They're just going to keep moving. He's got a piece of glass, whatever. But if you look back, there was a piece of glass. Okay. So at this point in the movie, I'm saying to myself, Scott, this is endless. Yes, it's, it's continuing to go on. The explosion happens and it kills Rachel. Rachel! Which was my favorite part of the movie. I loved when she died. Yeah. Because since I don't like any of the characters in this movie, any of them dying made me happy. That's good. Um, And so what was the deal now? And it was confusing to me. He gave him the wrong location. He gave him the wrong address. So he told her, he told him that... uh, He thought he was going to save her. Right. So when he shows up, how come he's not like, oh my God, it's not Rachel. It's well, just, he's got to save Harvey at that point. You can he's still there. react to it or say but something. But he knows Gordon's going after her. So at that point, you're like, well, well just got to hope that you got there in time. Like, I mean, obviously he was going to go for her. And like, even him yeah. yelling like, you should, why are you coming for me? He Don't come for he me. He should have known it was going to be a, a, a double right. like reverse. But see, that again, that's another reason why he considers Batman is at fault for Rachel dying too mm. is because he went for him and tried to save him rather than tr- saving Rachel. He's got world's greatest detective. Batman is yeah. Wor- I world's actually, greatest detective on that absurd double cross that the Joker owned him on. Oh, okay. Well, sure. But that's, but that's what I love about, come on. Right. I was just going to say too, and this will feed into this too, but the Batman Joker relationship, I love because my favorite, one of my favorite lines is nothing to do with all your strength. When he's beating him in that interrogation scene, and he's just laughing in his fucking face that you can't do anything with all your muscles. You can't bench press your way out of this one. You can't, you know. But that, to me, that that that, that goes into the whole thing. Is that, like he's not a fighter. Joker's never going to beat him that way. The only way he can beat him is in this game. But Scott, even that is that's of, not no, that's nothing new. That is an absolute cliche. A hero that is tougher beating down on the villain, the villain bloody, bloody mouth looking up and laughing. Ha ha ha. You this yeah. is the best you can do? Good. Oh, beat I know. me up, but I'll still your oh, daughter course. will still die. Beat me up. I'm not saying That's it's not I'm not saying movies. it's original. I'm just saying that line, that that performance, that moment You're in right. the movie is well, a good moment. I, yeah, but I just I'm not wish saying it was, it's an original idea. I just wish that, this performance wasn't wasted on the plot of a superhero movie. Okay. 
Because once we get yeah, but to... then he, he wouldn't play that character, and then he would have never done the performance, so... All right, butterfly effect. I'm just, I'm just, you know, I'm saying the good cop, bad cop routine. Meanwhile, in the convict boat, you have the biggest trilogy superstar of all time. We always have to mention him in one, when he's yes. in one of our trilogies. Yes, That's Zeus, Tiny Lister, Junior. Do what you should have done. 10 minutes ago. And that's the big surprise of that scene. He throws away the detonator. Yeah. Because the cons are... They're good people, they're, too. They're every bit as moral, if not more moral. Doesn't it seem like a religious thing right after that, too, when he sits back down mm. with the guys and they kind of, like, tap him and they're all, like, like huddled right. together and he kind of turns away almost? Yeah. Like, as if they're going back to, like, praying? Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. And I was it's like... Not... I will say my... I think probably my last note about this movie. Go ahead. I... I have to mention because this is this is like the most heartbreaking thing as a Batman fan. The line in the last scene when Joker does not die, which you know in, a, in superhero movies you always expect the character to die, right? But they purposely do not kill him in this movie. I know. And then he says, "You and I were meant to do this forever." Yep. And it's one of those things as a Batman fan, you're like, "Yes, do this forever." Like make I don't make a million movies of the two of them. I don't fucking care. Like I would watch all of them. I want to see that. Scott, thank you because then we wouldn't need an origin story and it could just be two right. awesome uh, battles taking place. But of course, thanks for immediately walking into my even point. when this movie was released, agree we all me. knew Heath Ledger was dead. So there was no way they were ever. Oh, going so you to mean make... now in seeing it, there's a bittersweet quality in, in watching yes. it. Yeah, so little... even the first time watching it, I knew he was dead already. Get... So hearing that, that was very like it's an upsetting moment because you're like, but this was what I wanted. You gave me so much of what I wanted. I wanted more of that. You got choked up when you heard. I got a little choked up. Chills. I'll be honest, the first time I did, but every time I hear it, it's still like a that hurts. Like just to think, like it just. Yes. What could have been? What the third movie could have been instead of what the third movie was and i think that's a pretty good segue unless you have anything else no i'm going to agree with you you know how i feel about this shit yeah well scott since the dark knight didn't have any music fights or humor i didn't have a lot of expectations going into this third movie in fact it was with tremendous dread that i he sounded like you want them all swashbuckling around swinging on ropes and stuff okay well look Pirates of Penzance, as I was describing. <laughs> More brooding. Although you have the, the character of Baelish from Game of Thrones. He's early on. Yeah. In I, I don't know why I don't like him outside of Littlefinger. Anytime I've seen him in anything else, he just seems like a whiny little Sansa. bitch. Yeah. But Sansa, please. Sansa. Oh. Yeah, you do it better than me. Good. Sansa. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Again, another Englishman. That Nolan casts... Uh, an Irishman, I believe. And whatever. And f- same thing. Whatever. And forces him to do an American accent, right? Yes. And it's wonk. It's weird. Yeah, Stop doing weird. this to these... You know what this is? This is classic Britwashing. American roles. You know? That English actors are being cast in. Oh, I suppose they should just go back to playing Nazis, right? Anyone, they can play anything in Europe. You know that. Yes. An English accent works for any country in Europe. Germany, Possible. Russia, it, it just use it. Yeah. It just sounds continental. Yeah. So I think it's important uh, that we talk about the Harvey Dent Act because, I mean, not important, but they really give you nothing of really what it's about. I believe Joseph Gordon-Levitt has a line later about it being about uh, parole. Uh, and I actually looked this up and supposedly yeah. it is... 
they deny parole to anyone who's committed a crime considered to be like organized crime. That doesn't seem constitutional. Yeah, it's it's like the RICO. They the use RICO isn't really constitutional. It's RICO is a real stretch as it is in terms of constitutionality. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean that's a real thing, RICO. But yeah, right. Look it up, folks. But then Harvey Dent Act is not a real thing. It's it's like doubling down on Rico and no no that's fiction. Even forever. though they both share a name, a, f- a first name of a man, Rico yes. is not. That's that's not named after a guy. Rico Suave. Rico. Talk to me about Bane, please. Bane is a character. He was kind of like a late creation in Batman. He was era. in Batman and Robin, right? Uh, he was in Batman and Robin. Yet another element in that terrible Batman and Robin. Portrayed uh, terribly, because in the comic books, he's like he's like a jacked up, you know, muscle freak. But in the comic books, he's like intelligent. Oh, is that right? Yeah. See, I didn't know that. I thought he was just a jacked up freak from the movie. But yeah, I think people were glad to see, especially if you're a fan of Batman, we're glad to see Bane. I'm not. Given a little more of what he's supposed to be. He's supposed to be more intelligent. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw Catwoman. I couldn't believe that they've ch- added another person to this. Another person that is not necessary. She's not even a superhero or villain. She's right. simply a cat burglar. Is she even known as Catwoman in this movie called Catwoman by anyone? Uh, I don't know. What the fuck, man? I don't think so. Okay. Come on, man. This is ridiculous now. But, I mean, what is she... What, we're going to have a scene where she grabs a guy and goes, I'm Catwoman! I am Catwoman. Hear me roar. So, Catwoman... My feelings on Catwoman is... I actually don't think she did a bad job. I, I would take her as Catwoman. That's fine. But she's after the clean slate. This clean slate program that's going to erase your whole backstory. That's obviously not a real fucking so, thing. So, Scott, not only is she not... A super villain or whatever hero. Yeah. Not only is she not that, but the whole point of the character in the film is to repudiate that part of her life anyway and go back to being a normal person. Right. It is ridiculous. She wants to start fresh. Oh, the uh, the scene with the doctor with Thomas Lennon coming in as a doctor was very nice. Gotta love Thomas Lennon. Uh, he was great, and of course, I, I think it gives us the little thing of like, oh, it's nice to know that your body is all fucked up from doing this. Oh yeah, like like you're an ex football player or something going through your. How about eight years later, you go through some rehab and get your shit fixed? I mean, if you're just hanging around for all yeah. that time, what what he are you puts doing? That little thing, whatever on his leg. I feel right? like he's just walking around with a cane, like he's martyring himself. He really becomes oh, yeah. a martyr. He really oh, yeah. is like, oh. Uh. Oh, oh, I'm. Oh, my parents. Oh, oh, me. Oh, I got to come out of retirement again. Here we go. Guys just can't stop needing me. (sighs) Thanks, Gotham. City of 30 million people that in this movie is only represented by 3,000 police officers. Obviously, they need Batman. If you can barricade the whole city of police underground and there's only 3,000 against the 30 million that Gotham has, more than four times the size of New York City. What are we even well, talking here's about? Here's what I don't here. understand is why did you, you even Batman? need to do that and put the cops underground? Why couldn't you have done what you did with Wayne? You stole his armory and all his weapons. Just take all their guns and now they're just people. Right? I mean, like, what, what, why did you need to trap them underground for months? Well, and give and keep them alive and give them food. And, and you're kind of getting into the neighborhood of why I, I like this movie more than the other two movies. See, because, I actually dislike this movie a little more than the other two. <laughs> of course. Because during this one, that last hour of action when Bane cuts off the city with the bridges and the cops underground, the narrative flow of that part, I liked it. The way it worked for me with Catwoman, originally she's just going to do one thing, then she 
thinks better of it, comes back. That may, that felt like a superhero movie. That piece of it. yeah, it was, it was you know what the stakes were high. It was extreme. The whole city was under siege. And we give it back to you, the people. None shall interfere. Do as you please. The jail that he went to. Where was that jail? In Asia somewhere. Yeah, I I, don't know. I think yeah, I think it was shot in India. Was that know. purposely uh, was. shaped like the well that he fell into as a child? With the I hard think so. Edges? I think that was a thematic. You know, why do we fall so we can pick ourselves? Some back superhero up. you have that can't jump across, a jump that a child made. But years no before. man can. You don't have the desperation. It looked so. You're not Batman anymore. It looked so pathetic. First of all, weirdly. The people chanting every time a new person attempts to attempts to escape, and then just that pitiful missed jump like two times before he makes it. It just feels. Oh, you would die, by the way. If you fell off that and swung into the fucking wall like that, you'd be dead. It's underwhelming. It's it it really puts the worst kind of. He should have never left Gotham. He shouldn't have gone to that place. Yeah, he should have been broken and been within the city and not be able to do anything. Scott, this would probably be a good time to mention that this is where I wrote in my notes. Having seen this movie, I no longer fear death. So that should give you a sense of how I felt about this movie. And this is the one I liked the most. The football scene is good. I like the football scene. Football scene's good. Looked, it's visually a really cool looking shot. Yeah. Like I said, that's a cooler part of the movie. He's taking over the city. I don't mind that part. Yeah, that this, was cool. Um, that was very good. That was all filmed at... Uh, Heinz Stadium. Oh, in Pittsburgh? Yeah. Okay. And those are the actual uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. That's Heinz Ward who runs into the end zone. I saw him. Yeah. I noticed when I was watching and I turned to Amy and I was like, that's Heinz Ward. He yeah. plays for Pittsburgh. And you know what? Really, Scott, was it a smart choice for the filmmakers? In For the filmmakers. Was it a smart choice for Nolan in this film to make the bad guy yet another character under a mask whose face we can't see? When one of the best parts of the previous film was all the great facial expressions and all the facial acting that um, mm. Heath Ledger was doing, does that make any ex- I mean, sense? I mean, I will say, I With guess his Tom Hardy's robot kind of voice, a different actor, you know, and I feel like he's gonna he gives a good performance, but sometimes it can be like a still motionless kind of Scott. They don't even give you the payoff taking off that I mask know. and showing us what is that. underneath it. You can even Boom. do it right in that moment when he's right. beating him, just grab it right. and rip it off. Bull like shit. If you're going to show us Harvey Two-Face's yeah. mutated face, we don't seen tell that. me that PG-13 is preventing me from seeing what's underneath that mask. You've got to yeah. give me that payoff. Yeah. Uh, come on. Yeah. At this point, I wanted to... At this point, Scott, Amy and I were fighting in the apartment. The movie was affecting us so much. I was snapping at her. There was anger. I'll kick you in the ball! I love you. Uh, worst line of the movie. Clocking in. The worst line of the movie. Good. Uh, Batman comes back, sees Bane, and Bane gives an okay line. and says, oh, I see you've come back to die. <laughs> and Batman says, no, I came back to stop you. <sighs> yes, he knows. He knows why you're here. He gets it. You, he's, you know he's being he's being facetious with you that that you came back yeah. to die like right at the end we got the line Talia Ghul you murdered my father and I was really waiting for him to make the distinction and go no no I didn't kill him I just chose not to save him <laughs> more of this really sort of 
piddling morality. This like, yeah, let's see how that'll fly now in front of his daughter. Exactly. (laughs) For some reason, at the end of this movie, that man looks very sleepy. He just like in every conversation he has right toward the end of the movie, he looks very like his eyes are half closed. He's like, I'm going to take the bomb. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to. I was strapping onto the thing. And the, His face kind of just pushed down or something. I don't know, but maybe it's the five months of recovering from a spinal injury. You mean and when he's just like, as Wayne or as Batman? As Batman. It also looks like they, because they always fill you. in the eye makeup yeah. on the holes. Yeah. And it looks like they like did it like right to the edge. So oh, it really? makes his eyes look like really sleepy for some reason. Is that it? Yeah. I heard from Phil recently and he was telling me all about how some checks of his have been stolen out of his mailbox yes, in his apartment complex. I, I heard about this Did too. You about that? Yeah. So I felt like that was the perfect opening to tell him, you know, that we were doing the dark night. Right. And he volunteered to go undercover as a vigilante, as a dark night type figure. Yeah. Wear his suit and everything. Because, you know, if you're a Batman fan. Yeah. Phil is a Batman follower. Yes. If you will. So he's going to put on the suit and he's going to act as a vigilante and find out who's stealing his checks. Oh, good. That's a good cause. Yeah, that's worth it. Hey, gang. This is Phil, your West Coast correspondent for the Trilogy Podcast. I'm hiding behind a bush right now. It's seven in the morning and I am wearing a vigilante costume. Not just any vigilante costume. That of the Dark Knight. Batman. To be exact, in the last few weeks, there's been a rash of mail thefts. About two, three of my paychecks have gone missing. I've located the mail thief, and um, I kind of see him from my vantage point. But they're, uh, the, excuse me? It's me, the Dark Knight. What are you doing with that mail? This mail? This is my mail. That's my mail. Whose apartment number is that? Uh, I no, this is my mail. This is, it's from my my mailbox. Fine, you take can't it. Get mail. Take the get mail. It. God damn it! I am the knight. Get the fuck out of here! All right, God. okay. All right, good, good. All right, so I have the mail here, and uh, looks like a paycheck. Hey, hey, what do you know? And uh, it's from Warner Brothers. I've catered there, you know. I, I get a paycheck once in a while. Oh, um, it's a cease and desist. It says here, uh, can't be seen in public as Batman anymore. On the bright side, they've heard of me. So, all right, well, this is Phil. Um, not Batman. Signing off. More humiliation for our friend Phil. Poor Phil. You're going out to California soon, right? So you'll talk to him maybe and... Help yes, them. yes, I am going uh, very soon in the next few days. If I was you, I'd, I'd keep a distance from him, a safe distance sometimes. Maybe talk to him and... Oh, well, it's going to be it's gonna be a split trip, you know, like I'll see Phil a bit, but, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. and uh, Just be careful because I think we both know what happens when people get oh, around yeah, Phil. yeah, when you get near Phil. Oh, yeah. All right, so, Scott, I, I think that it couldn't be more obvious the direction you and I are going with this trilogy. Yes. Okay? Um, you liked it immensely... I disliked it immensely. So obviously I'm going to say it's a failed trilogy. Sure. Right? Based strictly on how I felt about the movies. Right. The movies can be made wonderfully. They can win tons of awards. They can have great casts. But ultimately, if we individually 
as reviewers and movie pundits um, don't like the films, we can't consider them to be a successful trilogy. All right, so for me, it's an, an unsuccessful trilogy. And for me, The Order is the extremely rare, rare three, two, one. Much as I liked Heath Ledger's performance and as close as it was between three and two, yes, three is the movie I disliked the least. And that's because, again, I enjoyed the narrative when the city was under siege at the end. Right. Uh, well, I'm going to say... The opposite things. Um, I I really enjoy this trilogy. I enjoyed rewatching it. Uh, it was great, great to rewatch it. I love the first two. Love Batman Begins. Love the Dark Knight. Uh, I was kind of disappointed by the Dark Knight Rises uh, when it came out. Mm-hmm. And actually, on this rewatch, I kind of I, I was actually very tired. I was watching it uh, uh, very late. Okay, and uh, I felt that helped me turn my brain off and just watch the movie sure. and kind of just enjoy and not think too much about things. Right. So I feel like it does. It definitely, you know, he's a, he's a skilled filmmaker. He's a he's a good filmmaker. He's able to make things look good and present it in a nice package. So I can appreciate that, and that kind of carries me through that third movie. But uh, so yes, I will say my order for the films is two, one, three. Folks, thank you so much for listening to us. We really appreciate anyone that goes through the trouble of listening to our awesome podcast. Tell your friends. Let's get the buzz going. Yeah. You can find us on TrilogyPodcast.com, and you can hit us up on email at Feedback at TrilogyPodcast.com. Have you checked that yet? No. There could be 100 emails of people criticize. We have no idea. Oh, and a little more um, bookkeeping. Folks, follow us on Instagram. All right, a trilogy podcast. It's a great compliment to the show, as mm. is this uh, month's Trillbit, where we discuss Batman, the character, and what kind of a superhero he is, just not from a movie standpoint, but just from the standpoint of a comic book hero. Yes. All right, so that's always uh, always trying to give you as much content as we can here at the Trilogy Podcast for just cranking it out for movie fans like us. Yeah. All right. But listen, listen up. Holy tedium. Scott, we finally got through this long, long trilogy. Dark Knight. It's been a pleasure, and we will talk to you soon. Keep busting. Tune in with me.